So the big question is this, are you tired of the hustle and grind of fix and flip? Do you really think you can wholesale your way to success? What you really want is a cash flowing portfolio that lets you live a life of freedom, sunsets and palm trees on your terms. But what if you're stuck because you have no capital, no time and no idea where to start? That ends now. Your host, Corey Peterson, is a rags-to-riches real estate millionaire who started out with no money or credit and quickly grew a portfolio of cash-flowing apartments. Not to mention, he did it all with other people's money. You're only one deal away from creating the cash flow life, and the Multifamily Legacy Podcast will show you how. So now, here's your host, the big kahuna, Corey Peterson. Hey everybody, welcome to the Multifamily Legacy Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Peterson. Today, today is a fun day. I am ready for war. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube right now, I've got my army gear set up. I've got my tactical operator. Um, we are going to dive into a really good teaching moment here. And so I got dressed up for the occasion because we're going to talk about today, the main topic is... You know, what your management company is not telling you, and it's scary. Now, before we get into this episode, though, I really want to make sure that I give out some love because you guys have been really ranking the show really high up in iTunes, and um, we've got a ton of ton of reviews, and so I just want to give a shout out to my latest review from WHarvey93. Says uh, tons of value. This podcast was instrumental in me getting started in multifamily, and I truly believe Corey to be a, an amazing mentor and friend. Highly recommend to everyone, whether seasoned or new, keep kicking butt, Corey. So thank you for that. Hey, listen, I I honestly I value that time when you because it it is not easy to get onto iTunes and leave a review, but I really do appreciate that when you guys do uh, go out there and do it. It really makes me smile, and um, so thank you so much for taking the time to do that. Next, if you, uh, we are almost done. We just finished, I just finished recording the um, audio for my new book, Copy Your Way to Success, Standing on the Shoulder of Giants, and that will be uh, coming out hopefully in a couple weeks. I think we've got to get some technical stuff all dialed in, but um, we believe it should be available on iTunes or any or Audible or anything, any place where you can buy an audio book shortly in a, probably a couple weeks. So be looking for that now. Now, if you if you're not an audio person, you like to read, you can go onto Amazon or to you know iTunes or any place you want to buy books online, and you can get yours there. And last thing, just for anybody that's starting out, if you're new listening and you want a place to go to kind of get plugged into our, our, our system and, and our stuff and become part of our tribe, I highly recommend going to kahunawealthbuilders.com, kahunawealthbuilders.com, and um, opting into our quick start workshop. This is a video series that's going to come out, and it really does tell you a, a lot of the process of finding deals and finding money which I think are the two most important parts in the investing world. So um, so thanks again for guys for tuning in and paying attention. Really going to unpack a lot on today's show. So what your management company is not telling you, okay? It is absolutely scary in today's world how much management companies don't really care. 
Yeah. So heads up, heads up. They don't care about you. <laughs> Your management company, I don't care right now. They do not care about you. They don't. They are in a fee-based business, and they care about the money. And more importantly, they just really care about their money. So if we're, if we're just being honest, now listen, I understand that we use management companies to do the job that we probably don't want to do. And Corey doesn't want to do it either. And I don't really recommend creating a management company. However, I might be kind of in the process of doing it, but a little differently. And I'll share it with you guys as we unpack it a little bit. But the main the main thing I want to stress here is truly that management companies just don't give two cents about you. And I've went through a lot. And I thought I had a couple really good ones for a while until I started to see cracks. You know, as you go on a journey with any multifamily property, you know, every every management company usually starts with their best foot forward. You get the most love, you get the most attention, and you're going to see them at their very best, whatever that is. And their very best may be poor, just so you know. But that's what you're going to get and receive. But after you've seasoned yourself with that management company a while, they tend to get lazy. And so, because here's here's a real fact. Management companies want to raise rents and increase income. Those, those two things, a lot of times they're really good at doing those two things. Hey, Corey, look at the rent growth. Look at our income growth. And the reason why, because how do management companies get paid? Well, there's no secret here. Most get paid on collected income. But my friends, that's only half of the story. That is only half of the equation to what we like to like monitor, which is NOI. So there's this nasty thing called expenses. And it can be nasty, right? It can be nasty when it's not paid attention to correctly and properly. And so, because what about what you know, what about expenses? You know, are does your management company really truly care about what they spend? And what I've come to realize is most of them don't. Most of them will never care. So here's a big fact, and it's a big star. Circle it, underline it, you know, and, and, and let it stare you in and let it hit you for a minute. No one is going to care more about your property than you. Yes, my friends, it is a sad day in this world when we hire people and we pay them good money to care, but the truth is they will never care as much as you do. And so herein lies the real struggle that I think most operators are dealing with pretty much on a daily basis is how do I get them to care? You know, because, you know, the questions you should be asking is, you know, are they preparing annual budgets? Because, you know, most companies, most management companies tend to try to have the income side figured out. That's maybe the one thing that they do pretty good. And sometimes we can argue that point too. Sometimes they just suck all the way around. But sometimes when the ones that are pretty sharp, they're usually pretty sharp on getting the money. Why? Always chase the money. Always follow the money. If you really want to know how people are motivated, follow the money. 
They're in a management company, fee services, and they get paid on collected money. They don't get paid on, you know, how much they spend. And so if that's the case, then we have to, as an owner-operator or an owner, you have to really pay attention to that expense category. Because if you don't, you will not be profitable. Because I think we can all agree that management operations is what makes or breaks your deal. So we know that, you know, so if that's the case, we know that in the operations and pretty much expenses are where we can, um, you know, break things. They tend to get more broken more often than not. So how do you make your management company care? And so this is one of those things where you walk slowly and you carry a big stick and you smile. And so what does that mean? That means you got to be happy. You're trying to be nice, but they've got to know that you are in charge. And unfortunately, you have to carry a big stick. And, um, you know, I would like to think that it's a little bit different, but it's usually not because you got to hold. And I'm not saying you're going to have a stick to beat and whip people, but you've got to be able to hold people accountable. That's what I'm really saying is you've got to let them know that you're holding them accountable. And then I'm actually pull back and I'm going to show you that truly your management company should be carrying out your dreams, your goals, your wishes, your plans. And that doesn't normally or shouldn't really come from a management company. But a lot of times that's what we think we're hiring a management company to do is to come up and say, oh, Corey, we think that we could do this, this, and this, and this, and here's here's what we think we can do to this property, and here's how we want it. But the truth is, most of them don't. Most of them don't have vision. They're just there to fulfill a role. And so as a leader of your organization, you are in charge of providing that vision. Because, you know, how do you make them care about, you know, attention to the details? Because I'm like, so I'm going to give you an example of, of what just happened to me. And, and this is actually what made me bring this to front of mind and make a podcast on it. So one of the ways, how do you make them care? Okay. One of the ways to make people care is to do some surprise visits to your property, right? Unannounced visits from the owner to the property. Now, managers and management companies they hate this. Why do they hate it? Because you are going to see what you see. And it is the unfiltered truth of how your properties are running and who is really caring about your deals. So for example, I just went to uh, a property in Georgia, Columbus, Georgia. It's uh, called UVC, University Crossings. I've talked about it on the show. And I get there and I'm doing, you know, kind of an un, uh, unannounced inspection. And I'm trying to see what I see. And as I'm going through the property, now I'm smiling. And I'm and like, these are teaching coaching moments, truly. But I'm also looking at, you know, does the manager care? Do they really care about your prop? Do they care about the property? Because if they did, some certain little things would be done. So I'll give you an example of what I notice as I'm walking around University Crossings and what I'm seeing. So we first just kind of you know give us a tour of the, some of the units, and the units look pretty nice. We're pretty pretty pleased with the interior units and what's going on there. 
everybody's pretty happy at this point. We're like, well, it's nice. But then we start kind of walking the building, just kind of, and you're looking for, you know, just neglect or, you know, like, I don't really care kind of items. And so we started noticing, I'm like, man, there's like this mildew on some of the back of the buildings and actually a little bit in the front. And, you know, it could be easily solved with um, a power washing, power washing. And, you know, it's not been done. It's probably not been done in a whole year. Like, honestly, that's, it's probably not been done since we bought it. And I guarantee that we identified it when we first bought it. Yet, here it is a year and, you know, three or four months into this deal, and it's not been addressed. And we own a power washing machine on the property. Okay, so I'm trying to, like, figure, like, why isn't this done? And... So, but I keep walking. I, I'm not saying anything yet, right? And actually, I've not said anything to this manager on the property. My my goal was to observe, and um, and see what I see, and take notes and mental notes and uh, handwritten notes, and really just store everything because I have to then submit something to my management company because it's their job. But and I'm not going to beat the manager up per se, but I'm going to definitely talk about if this is the level that we care. You know, I'm I'm not happy with it. So we keep walking, and then so now, then I started looking at some of the paint. There's some there's a couple areas. These little bridges, or they kind of walk over a gully, and there's a big beam there, and the paint is just flaking off, like it's just bad. And again, like I'm looking at this, I'm like, gosh, I know we have this green paint. I know we have the green paint, and I'm and I'm just like, don't we have a maintenance guy here? Do we have a maintenance guy here? Yeah, oh, yeah, we have a maintenance guy here. That's, you know, that's managed. Yeah, we, he's working over in Unit 5 or whatever. Okay, okay, I just, just want to make sure. And I'm, I'm starting to get a little irritated, actually. I'm getting, I'm getting irritated. And I can, just, I can feel my blood pressure kind of start to rise a little bit. But I'm trying to be cool, man. I'm trying to be cool. I'm trying my best to be cool. But I'm just like, why don't we just take a scraper and scrape this damn paint you don't even have to have a ladder. You can just scrape it and then put a fresh coat of paint on there to like protect it. Because like if you paint wood and you have it done right, it protects the wood. Hello? Like that's what paint does. But no one cares at this property because that would be like so I'll give you an example of this is how we get fixed, by the way, is it's called the work order. So and, and this is gonna be my teaching coaching moment for the manager, but also for my management company. And so I'm doing this. And um, so the last thing I do is I kind of walk over to the laundry room area and I look at this and, and up on top of this building, it's like a, one little with laundry rooms that is a single story and it's a pitched roof, but there's a bunch of rocks on top of the pitched roof. They're just sitting there. And I'm just like, hmm, I wonder how long those rocks have just been sitting on top of the roof and no one has the gumption to, um, like, remove them. It's an eyesore. And it just shows that we don't care. And yet, I, I just wonder how long those rocks have been up there. And so, I, at this point, I'm really trying to, I'm getting a little ticked. I'm, I am ticked. And because it just, these are just simple, simple items that don't take any money, per se. I mean, some paint. That's not anything expensive. Um, scraping, that's just elbow grease. Power washing, we already own the machine. That's elbow grease. So why is it that nobody's caring? This leads me to my real question. The real question I was asking myself as I'm walking around my property 
is when is the last time a freaking representative from my management company has been to this property on the ground with a detailed report? And, you know, I was going through my notes. I'm like, man, I've not seen a report in like a while. So I asked the manager on duty or man manager at the property. And, and it's been like seven months since they've really came. Somebody's physically came by the property. Now, now I'm I'm about into outer space at this point. My, you know, I'm I'm pissed. I'm frankly I'm pissed because, and I'm I'm actually pissed at two things. Right, one is where is my management company? Right, but we just told you. I just told you earlier they don't care. I don't care how long much they tell you. Like they so when they when they you know sign my contract or when I signed their contract. You know, they're talking about they come out once a quarter. Once a quarter, quarter we come out, we do a full, um, you know, inspection of the property. Someone, you know, it's an official visit. I'm like, that's that's acceptable. I mean, I'm cool. I'm okay with that. Once a quarter, you know, maybe as and as needed, right? But this manager, and he's new to the industry, by the way. The manager at the property is new to the industry. He came from tech, and I'm okay with that if we're teaching and coaching. But we're coming to the property. This guy, and I don't even think, honestly, he knows that he's that he's supposed to care. Because he was just like, hey, listen, my numbers are good. I'm, I'm you know, 95% occupied. Like, his metrics were kind of working what he, for what he was doing. He was leasing up. No one teached and coached him that when you, you've got to walk out around your property and keep your eyes open, and you got to really see what you see. And when you see things that are just not right, you create a work order. A work order is how you get the maintenance guy to do things that you see or need to get done. It doesn't work any other way. That's how, you know, like when we have tenants that have things that are wrong, they we create a work order. And that becomes, you know, the, man, the maintenance guy now is just working from his work orders. And then doing his turns and things that he's got to do. So unless you put something in that line of saying, hey, I need you to scrape this and do it, it will never get done, friends. It will never get done. And so this is why I've got my tactical gear on because I'm going to war. I'm tired of this crap. I'm tired of managers not caring. And (laughs) I'm tired of um, having to deal with this, this kind of stuff. And it really frustrates the living hell out of me. It really is. So in my in my quest to solve for X, I'm solving for X, right? That's pretty much what I do. I problems happen and then you gotta solve and you gotta correct and you gotta figure out, you know, is it the management company? Is truly can they and can they can be can they be coached and trained up to do it my way, the way I want it done? Or do I need to make a decision? Do I need to to to, to leave that and find someone that can and will? And so, in our current situation, we we've decided that we uh, we are making the move to change. Right? We believe no longer that our current management company has done really well. You, they've actually been on the podcast, but you know, I maybe there's like a three year itch or some important time where, like, I'm not getting the love that I used to. Not I'm not getting the attention that I used to, and I demand it. I don't ask for it. I absolutely demand it, and you should too. Why? Because, listen, we pay them good money. We pay these management companies good money each and every month, and they always take it. 
So, you know, you expect what you inspect, right? And so, I guess, truthfully, the onus, the real problem is me. And that's the truth. It's not with my management companies, even though it is. But it really, the buck really stops, guess where? Right on my shoulders. It is my fault that it's not painted, that it's not power washed. Because I have not been paying attention. And that's hard to say, by the way. But I'm trying to keep it real for you guys so you can understand the, you know, as you grow your company and you start getting a real business and you got start getting lots of properties, you will eventually run into this. Because I remember when I had one or two properties, I could really detailed manage what's going on, looking at the financials, right? Paying attention to that, you know, the reporting, you know, basically getting in the trenches of what everything is. Where are my costs going? Why is this? Asking questions. When have we done this? And honestly, you know, I feel like most management, a good management company should help provide some of those solutions. They should be proactive with you. But here, but if they're not, then it's still your onus. It's still on you to do it all. And so as I've grown to now, you know, uh, the properties that we have, we have seven active projects. And, you know, they're all, you know, some of them are student housing. Some of them require more than others. And then I have, you know, a education company and, you know, like two or three other businesses that I run, a mastermind, all the things that we do in the info space. You know, we have a pod, I have a podcast. And so my time gets diverted. And now I've, I've truly learned that I, I need to become a CEO of my company. And so um, enter in an asset manager. So that's was that's really the solution um, that we are bringing to the table, and it's really a two-part solution. Um, we no longer have the confidence in our management company, so we are in effectively um, a, a mode of changing that process. But we started with the asset management piece first. So because I needed someone to look at my properties like I used to in a very detailed and tactical manner. Tactical or tactical, if you want to say it that way. You know, and so it took me a while to find that person, but it's funny how in life, sometimes when you put it out there in the universe, people show up. And so Kim Brueggemann um, with Lighthouse uh, Asset Management came into my world. And that's someone that I've known for, gosh, I've known her for 15 years. And I'm going to actually have her on the show Maybe next week, maybe in a couple weeks, but uh, I got to get her queued up. And and I'd like to make this back to back, but I don't think it will. But it's coming in the future. We're going to talk about asset management in detail. That's another episode you're not going to want to miss. Um, because and I'm, I'm gonna lay out some of the framework that we'll talk about um, in today's show. So that was my first step: is realizing, hey, I'm I'm starting to operate and getting bigger, and I got too many things that are pulling my time, and my my eyes are not on the ball like it should be. So, truly, I just said, hey, I need a, I need an asset manager. Now, I can either hire someone uh, on my team and create an employee, or you can hire someone that just does asset management. And I didn't really want an, an employee at this at this juncture, not where I'm at right now. So I just said, hey, Kim. You know, how much can we do this for and does it make sense? So we come up with an arrangement to asset manage all my properties and it works really, really well. 
And so, but what Kim does and what Kim is doing, because we're still in the transition, you're going to hear this on uh, as we transition, we will have more podcasts explaining this process and probably our good, bad, and our ugly, right? So we'll, I'll be very transparent to that process. And so you can learn from uh, either my mistakes or my successes. You're, you're going to get the first, uh, you know, a real seat view of, of what's going on in, in the Kahuna world. But, you know, one of the things Kim first came in and says, Corey, I need to understand your plans and what you're doing. And really it was, you know, and she goes, Corey, so it's kind of like this. And she kind of put it in like four basic sections. And, you know, first, you know, Corey, I'm going to come to these properties. I'm going to look for risk and liability. These are the things that you can potentially lose money on. In other words, you know, a piece of concrete that's really stick, sticking up. You know, as I go to each property, I'm going to start looking for those risk and liabilities. You know, things that someone could fall and, you know, sue you and you could be out of business. That kind of stuff. And believe it or not, because what happens is a lot of people come into this business with, you know, let's go improve the product. Let's go fix things. And they forget to look at any things that could cost them money by having some, some kind of mishap on the property. And like, you know, that's those things happen. And if you're at, found at risk because you didn't fix something or didn't have something marked or, you know, OSHA or whatever it is, and someone, you know, uh, something bad happens, you could be at a lot of lot of risk. And so it really makes sense. That's the first thing that is addressed. And so Kim's like, that's what we'll do, you know? And so we're going through this process on each and every property that I own. And it's been really fun. It's been really neat. And it's been real eye-opening. It's been real eye-opening because these this is the detail that Corey, I mean, some of these things, I, I'm just, I'm going to, I've been I've not paid attention to in a while and it was it was really refreshing to see someone with that attitude and so it's been it's really been a fun process. So then she talks about, you know, prevention, right? You know, having a prevention policy. In other words, things that save you money. And so that is kind of like that's that prevention falls into that category of scraping and and, and painting, right? Like that's a preventative maintenance kind of deal. And so where can we do those things that we're just going to save your asset from deteriorating any farther? Well, man, that's exactly where, you know, power washing and scraping and, and, and adding some new paint. That's right. Exactly where that stands. Cause those are low. A lot of times they're low cost items that just have to be done. And if they're not doing it, who, you know, who's doing it, someone's got to do it. And, that's where that work order comes in. You get in the work order to get it done. So then, you know, so then it's really saying, okay, where, what things need to be fixed so we can make sure we save the asset and keep it in its state that it is, the, a good state. So I'm like, okay, that's good. She goes, and then the next thing is, you know, your product improvement plan. And these are all plans, by the way. So even the preven- uh, prevention plan is like, hey, how often do we um, power wash the sidewalks? Like, that seems like trivial, but like on you should have a plan for it. If you don't, then you don't have a plan, and it won't and it won't get done. So your breezeways, you know, these are those places where gum and stuff kind of collect over a period of time, and they get mucky and dirty, and and they look kind of unsightly if they if you don't have a prevention plan in place. And so you know, then there's got to be a bunch of little things, little procedures in there saying, hey, here is our power washing of the breezeways plan. And so then it gives the maintenance guy, 
and it would be not just a you know here's what we do it's every month this you know this section this section this section this section so then he has a very much a written policy and procedure saying i know what um, section i'm supposed to power wash this month and so the whole deal is every you know every year that everything gets power washed and that seems that's not excessive and that's probably about the right amount of time to do it but it needs to be done once a year and in most properties it's never been done i mean when's the last time that it's really been done so again this is just one of those things where like yep that makes sense check that off the box right so having a prevent uh, prevent prevention uh, plan is super critical to operating the property, and then you know not only that, but then um, having product improvement, right? A product improvement plan, and this is again a plan saying, hey, listen, we are planning on making this our standard unit turn, or it could be just your whole capital improvement plan. So product improvement is CapEx, right? And so what we're saying here is, do you know exactly what you're going to do on a property? As detailed as we're going to replace the shutters, knowing that you need 248 shutters to do the work. And knowing that the shutters cost uh, on you know average, you know, blank dollars. That's how detailed you should be in your plan. And then you should also know that, hey, we are planning on doing this project when. And so that's kind of, and this is how detailed asset management can get. And when you're, especially when you're buying a property, now it's a little bit more difficult when you're taking over an asset, but when you're getting ready to buy a new property, which is what we're doing now, we are putting all these plans in place so we will have a really good idea of how we're going to roll out our CapEx, what budget, you know, what starts first, second, third, fourth, fifth. And so we can do all, some of these things we'll do at the same time. But we're going to start moving our project because um, we're doing a, a pretty much a, a pretty big value add on this new deal that we're do, doing about eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars of capex. So we're super excited to transition and truly do a really nice value add play. So that's going to be fun. Um, and then the last one is your resident retention plan. What are you doing to keep money? Right. So product improvements are things that make you money. Uh, resident retention is things that help you keep your money by keeping that tenant to stay another year, to renew, and renew with a little bit of rent increase. Now, what's the plan for that? So, so in that, it can't just be, well, we're just going to follow up when the rent's due or close 90 days out and call that a plan. That's not a plan. That's just a, a procedure. A plan would be like, hey, we're going to have uh, you know an event every month and then a big event in the summer where we're going to throw a big party and we're going to make community and we're going to get everybody involved. We're going to get, uh, you know, we're going to get everybody to encourage to know your neighbor and know who's in the building together. So we create community. That's a plan. And when done right, you'll get your renewals way better than just by saying, oh, well, we're just good at following up. Now, you still want to be able to do that good job on following up 90 days out, but you can get a lot farther if you create community and you and you create a place where people can come and enjoy their the, where they live, because let's face it, this is where people live. This is not um, you know a renter that we're talking about. This is someone's home where they live. It's their home, and you've got to treat it like a home and like a a, a neighborhood. 
And even though you have tenants and they have little, you know, some of them are all combined and they're a lot closer together, they're neighbors. These are your neighbors. And we need to get to know our, get to know our neighbors and be neighborly. That is how we build a great, loving community. And that's what we're about. We want to create nice communities that we can improve the product and create a, a greater sense of value because the value is perceived. So there's kind of four basic things that we can do. And then really at the end of the day, you're trying to create a financial plan for your investment model that coincides with your operational plan. And a lot of these plans go in, you know, that's where these, these four things kind of come into your operational plan that supports your financial your financial your, your financial model model it really is kind of a yin to yang all these things work in harmony and one thing when one thing's out of whack it just doesn't work and this is honestly why so many management companies fail is because they don't have the vision clarity or leadership sometimes and so what we found is that you know our management company is really should be giving us the the tools, not so much the tools, but the staff and, and, the, and the people needed to do it, we need to supply, us, meaning the owner, should supply the plan. And then really what you're, you're asking your management company to do is to follow your plan to perfection. Now, even, even if you do that, now that's the best way, and that usually sometimes fails. Our option, what we're, we've decided to do is I've actually decided to partner with Kim and create a management company together that will do both. So uh, I'm still hiring her as an asset manager to manage my properties, but together we're going to create a management company to basically create a way that I can get the, to control the product. So we can create a culture and a system and a belief to get it done the way we wanted, our way, the Kahuna way. We're actually, this is in her way, we're going to actually call it Lighthouse, so it's the Lighthouse way. Because we want to be a lighthouse for all the owners out there that they can come and find a shelter to really get great property management, to get plans, to have an operation that, that works. And so I'm excited to roll it out. Um, it won't be ready to for, for any of our, um, basically we're going to roll it out to the people that are in my boardroom that come to my event and offer it to the people that attend our, our, our seminars and that need a help out. We only want to do business that way. We're not going to go third party and try to find open market. We're only going to use it for um, the people that come into our coaching system. And I, I think we'll provide some really great value, some great lift. So um, with that said, man, um, you know, this business is, is it's complicated, um, but it's the best business that I know. I mean, where else can you play Monopoly? You know, I loved playing Monopoly as a kid. I still love playing it today. But I really have understood the value of buying the red houses. I mean, the red houses are way much more funner. Um, they make you so much more money. And this business, when done right, because you no, listen, no matter what we do, we're going to have adversity and things that go wrong. And But it doesn't mean that you have to get mad and upset. Sometimes that's the tendency. I, I, I tend to blow up, and then I got to think about it, and then I get, then I get you know, my happy spot again. And sometimes you got to dress up and you got to go to war, right? But it's the journey, guys. It is the journey of being an entrepreneur, of being in the real estate game. And I know of no other game that pays the dividends, that creates the pay paychecks, 
that creates the you know legacy wealth as what the multifamily world does. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. If you've not done so, honestly, go to my quick start workshop and download it. Get going, get in. We have, uh, get my book, Copy Your Way to Success. It is a phenomenal, phenomenal book. I'm telling you, I've wrote every word. I'm passionate about that book. That book means something. It sh- hopefully it'll make you laugh, make you cry, and inspire you to be the best you that you possibly can. Because in, in this world, it takes gumption, it takes motivation, it takes strength, it takes courage, it takes passion, it takes all these things to harness your energy and to say, today, today I am, today I'm gonna be a success. I'm gonna make it my very best. I don't care what anybody says, because I know people are gonna try to bring me down, and they're kinda trying to ruin my thunder and rain on my parade, but not today. Today, Go to war, go and be put on your best you, smile, be friendly, but make it yours and own it. Because I know in this, in this world, right? If you believe it, you can achieve it. And your paradise is possible. <laughs>